Agent 99 here, and welcome to Table Talk Friday, a D&D podcast. If you like their show, make sure you follow these boys on whichever podcast service you prefer. And check out their bonus content on patreon.com slash tabletalkfriday. And now, enjoy the mystery. All right, Drew. So, we're missing our boy again. I don't like it. <laughs> it's it's confusing when Zach's not here. It's like, what, well, do, we, what do we do? I know. It, it's like unhinged when Zach's not here because I'm like, well, no one's here to like guide us through the info. He's he's the morality and he's the guy that like pulls up his phone and like and it tells us the abilities that we're talking about when we do a, a yeah, class deep and, dive. You know, now I'm going to sit here without my... I got all my books sitting way over there. I'm not going to get up and get them either. So mm-hmm. when I'm thinking... Oh, I just kicked your mic stand. Ooh. Jeez, chaotic. Am I talking about that, See, Zach right? was here. That wouldn't okay. happen. No, it wouldn't have happened. So what I... It sucks because, you know, lately everybody's been getting sick. I was sick for four, five days, something Ugh. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you've been sick yet, right? Not yet. I'm maintaining my health. I'm going to try to do it through Christmas. That's that's the vibe I'm going for. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Uh, and now Zach has been sick now for three days. So mm. it's just it's just a yuck season. Yeah, it's pretty yuck today, too. Uh, for anybody in the on the eastern side of the states right now, we got a hurricane coming on through. Rain is that everywhere. what this is? Yeah, it's Hurricane <laughs> Fiona. I only know Nicole. about gaming news. I think it's Nicole. Where do you go Hurricane I, Nicole? I'm pretty sure it's Nicole. Nicole Eric, of course. Yeah, Nicole yeah. Eric. But yeah, it's been real gloomy and nick outside. Yeah. So, I, dude, I got something to tell you about that. Yesterday, I was driving home from uh, Inner Peaks, the climbing gym that I climb at. Mm-hmm. You know, advertising for you guys, not sponsored. Um, but... I was I was coming back from Inner Peaks and you get off of um, exit 38 uh, that's in the Charlotte area and so I'm driving and it's it's you know it's raining it's not like super tough rain but like there's this section I guess where they've redone the interstate between exit 38 and where I live where there are you know those little mirrors on the ground that when your headlights are on you can see so that yeah, way you reflectors. can tell what lane you're in. Yeah, yeah. there's like a, te- uh, a like five or six mile section of the road where those just aren't there. So when it's pitch black outside and raining, the only thing I can use to see what lane I'm in is the little white lines that you can see at the bottom left of your car, like when you look oh, out of the no. windshield. So I'm just like leaning forward over the dash, looking down to my left, so I can drive at 45 miles an hour to get home. <laughs> and then finally, I got to the section where there are those little reflections. And I was like, ah, there we go. And then I could see fine again. I could go, you know, 65 or 70. That is the worst feeling when you're driving down the road and all of a sudden, am I in a lane? Is there a lane? I have no idea. That happens right around the area where you live. Um, when I'm leaving my work ninja nation, sometimes I wear, I'll pull out. And Mm -hmm. if, if I go onto that one road next to it, uh, you can't tell when you're taking a left turn out of there when it's Mm -hmm. raining, whether you're in the lane or not. So you just have to go off the headlights of the other cars. It's like, oh, I got to go around that guy. That's the moment of truth when you're when you're trying to make a left in the dark and everyone else in the intersection is watching you. You know they're watching you and judging you as you're trying to make this left turn and you don't know how fast you're supposed to go yeah. or where you should be positioned. Yeah. So like, okay, I'm just creeping slowly And people through. can take a right turn right there as well. So you have to make sure no one's turning right. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I had the most terrifying moment ever yesterday on the way to rock climb though. So I'm getting off the interstate before, you know, the dreaded no mirror zone. Um Yesterday, I'm getting off the interstate, and I'm about to pull go onto the street where the rock climbing gym is at, and I start hearing sirens, but I don't see any lights. I don't know where these sirens are coming from, and it's my turn to go. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's my turn to go. The light is green. I It must be far enough away that I can't see it. Uh. And then all I go to take the left turn. I turn left, and as I'm in the middle of the road, I see 
two as all of a sudden motor police motorcycles start flashing blue on either side of me and i think i did something like i'm literally turning left and i'm thinking i'm about to get arrested and i didn't do anything i was like i haven't even done anything all i'm doing is turning left i was like why are they getting mad at me for turning left on green (laughs) and so i go to turn two motorcycles are on either side of me and then i i like slow down because i'm thinking oh no this is a bad thing okay okay what do i do so i pull up and i'm about to like go and then i see as all of a sudden they chase down this black um suv and get in front of it um and slow themselves down and then pull him off to the side of the road and i was just like what what just happened like I have no clue why they pulled the guy over. I didn't see anything happen. All I know is one second I was driving normally. And then the, the next second I was surrounded by motorcycles. This is why we don't make left turns, boys. This <laughs> I is know. Ridiculous. But, but since this happened to you, you can officially say as of this moment, Seth, you have been involved in a high speed chase. It was. Uh, yeah, it was at least 25 miles an hour as I slowed my car down. <laughs> Is there is there a limit of high speed? Can it, I I would say that's 25. pretty that's pretty fast. It could be. And they were on motorcycles faster than so, I can run. I mean, they, they were they wearing sunglasses. Oh well, no, they had those like visors, like the Ooh. the motorcycle like police visors. That's like a, it's like a ring of protection. Adds five uh, movement speed to you. Oh, so I think it just gives five. you it gives you uh, quarter cover. Oh, does it? Does it quarter cover? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you're okay. Um, I'm glad you made your left turn safely. Uh, and you're not arrested. Yeah. So that's, that's good. I, the, the only thing I can think is I had gotten my car washed earlier that day. Oh. And uh, my, the mirror on my right side, I didn't notice it. But I guess something inside the car wash had like turned it. So it was facing outward, like my right oh. mirror. And so I couldn't see. I, every time I had to get in another lane because I couldn't just stop my car in the middle of the interstate, I had to look mm. over my shoulder because my mirror was turned too far out. Um, and I was like, the police saw that. And they see my mirror is messed up. That's why they're pulling me over. <laughs> Do you think they would stop you for that if your mirror was just no. Goofed? No. I like to think they would just pull over and just like fix it really quick and like give you a little wave. Yeah. Well, as soon as I parked in my car, I like walked over and just pushed it and it like popped back into place. And I was like, oh, well, great. Glad oh, I noticed that. Y- you blew my mind for a second. Speaking of mirrors, I was I was hanging out with my family a few weeks ago and they so they drove, they left out their driveway and where they live, there's a lot of like little critters running around, lots of squirrels and frogs and, and snails and things like that. Um, and so they pull out, right? And as they start driving out of the driveway, they say they spotted a frog on their mirror on their side mirror sitting propped up on the top of the mirror to which case i'm blown away first of all how did the frog get up there right but two i go so so what happened to him we don't know i said what do you mean what did you do and watch the the frog frog? with every second of the the fiber of your being that's what i'm saying these these psychopaths this my family drove down the road wherever they were going got there and the frog was no longer on the mirror what happened to the frog? I don't know. <laughs> At some point, this frog took a leap of faith. I don't know where he is to this day. I like to think he's safe and sound. But, guys, check your mirrors before you leave. <laughs> I think I ran over a frog yesterday. How would you know? They're so small. Yeah, whenever I was coming down the street that you just came down to come record this podcast with me, um, my headlight, I saw a little tiny creature jump up in the air and land in the middle of the road. And I was probably within 10, 15 feet of it. Like, no way I was getting out of the way. And then uh, I don't know if I ran over it or if it uh, just stood under my car. But yeah, I saw that happen. And I was like, oh, man, I think I just killed a frog. But so so now, now that happened, that's bad. But you can rebalance it. You have to save an animal and it balances all Okay, that. I can do that. I've done I, it with well, the Well, maybe I just once. won't kill a creature in our D&D session, you know? Oh. 
Oh. Like, I'll let it live. Is that equivalent to a real life creature, you think? Probably. Yeah. No, it probably means more. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you should go out and kill more animals. <laughs> <laughs> Equal it out. Did, oh. did I tell you? I was Okay, so we were in, uh, me and my girlfriend, Eric, were in Virginia. We were driving down the uh, this very cool, hikey area. And as we're driving down, I might have said this in the podcast, but a turkey ran out from the a turkey. And I'm not talking butterball, boys, okay? A little butterball ran out of the, the, the clearing in the trees. I thought I was going to hit him. So the first one runs by. I'm hitting my brakes as hard as I can. The next one, as he's in front of me, jumps. I have never seen a turkey jump. I know turkeys can't fly. They give it their best shot. They can do this little glidey thing, right? This thing literally... We heard some sort of noise, like the whooshing of it. My sunroof was open. We thought for a solid minute this thing was coming down on top of us through my sunroof. If a turkey lands in my console, I don't know what to do. They don't teach that in driver's ed, boys. Okay? So I I made it. I'm alive. Turkey in the console. (laughs) Turkey in the console. We could turn that into a song. No, we could turn that into like a a short story, I think. Turkey a in the poem. console. <laughs> a poem? Yeah. It's like, uh, what is it? Oh, what's Edgar Allan's Poe? The Raven? Is it just oh, the Raven? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Raven. It's, I feel like it would be the equivalent of the Raven, like a modern day Edgar yeah, Allan Poe. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I could see Poe writing that one. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little EAP action. <laughs> you know, um, the, the only other thing I have to relate, because we're, we're on this animal theme now, I feel like I can keep ranting. I did save a life today. Okay. I was walking back towards my home after I got off from work, kind of, sort of. And as I was walking, I go, whoa! And I averted my step, quickly saving the life of a small snail. Aww. Right? No big deal. Don't call me a hero. I did check, because he was in the middle of the sidewalk, I did pick him up and move him to the other side of the Does sidewalk. Does that equal out my sin of killing a frog? I'll give it to you. I'll <laughs> give it to you today. So, you're still allowed today in the session to kill fictional characters, because yeah. we're, we're all good, right? So, I, th- I think we're at a... Like a fictional balance here. I think we're all good within D&D. Okay, I gotta tell you my last dead animal story. <laughs> it's so it's so freaking funny. Um, Sponsored by PETA. So my friend, uh, Jan Sarek, um, from, from my work, one time at the gym, he, oh, no. he found a, a little mouse. Like there was a little mouse in the gym. I mean, this is a big, you know, like warehouse-sized gym, so... Like, it's not weird that an animal would somehow get in. So, there was a little mouse in there. Uh, It's the only actual creature that's not an insect that we found in there before. I'm I'm waiting for you to say this mouse started doing the course in Ninja Nation, in which case I'd be very thoroughly impressed. So, um, Yance Eric and um, Arena Host Eric, those two people catch the mouse in, uh, like, I think it was a bucket or something like that. So, they catch the mouse, and which is good, and... Yance Eric is like, you know what? I'm going to go throw the mouse outside, you know, safely. <laughs> so just throws the mouse. Yance Eric opens the the back door and using the bucket, not even thinking about it, just kind of chucks the mouse out onto the ground. The mouse flies like 10 feet, hits the ground and dies. <laughs> no! <laughs> and, no! And arena host Eric looks over at Yance Eric and is like, Why'd you do that, bro? He died. <laughs> he killed it. He didn't mean to. He he was horrified and he texted me and was like, "I just killed a mouse and I didn't mean to." Like, I he was like, "I thought it was like an insect where you throw it outside and it just died." 
that's insane. He just he did all the work of catching it and just threw it. Yes, because he just thought of it like for for like that brief moment of like mem- of like thought lapse. He was like, "Let me throw the mouse like to get to get it outside," thinking it's like a like an insect or something that just you know keeps walking like because it has an exoskeleton mice don't have exoskeletons oh my gosh that's awful yeah <laughs> oh, man well i mean congrats on catching it i guess that's that's kind of a feat on its own yeah right so Whoa. that every time i think about that i think about like the look on his face whatever he was just like oh man like what oh shit what did i just do well okay let me let me twist it we continue with this animal stories for some reason. I have one more. I have one more that Jeez. I can think of. Okay. One more. This actually okay. just happened. And then we can, then we can the segue into my character that's based all around animals. Yeah. Well, we have to end on like, you know, the giving of life, right? Yes, so, please. So I was at a, a food lion the other day and I'm waiting in line. Oh, and, where all the animals oh, go to hang out. Oh, yeah. It's, it, you get where I'm going? It's food lion? Yeah. Get, yeah that's, that's where this is going. <laughs> So, so I'm waiting in line. I'm doing like the self checkout because all the people were holding up the big giant lines, and I wanted people interactions. Like whatever. So I go into the the self checkout line, and I'm scanning my two things that I have. As I finish scanning them, a little coupon pops out. I'm like, oh. ooh. Which first of all, five dollar coupon on the spot it was a pretty big deal. That I, is pretty big. I felt accomplished. So I try to scan the coupon. It doesn't work. Right. Bees, um, dude. Well, shoot. So obviously, I'm gonna get some some help here. So I call down the the assistant lady. The assistant lady walks on over. And she's like, oh, we'll get the coupon. So she starts, you know, trying to get it working. And she's working with the manager across the store. They're kind of like yelling at each other. And I don't know where. I look to my left. This is all re- totally relevant to the store. I'm just setting up the environment, right? So as I'm staying at this register, I look to my left. And there's another uh, customer service cashier person off to the side just standing there. And she goes, I see it out loud. And I'm thinking, what does she see? Does she see my coupon? I was going to say I don't the know. coupon. <laughs> it must be the coupon. It was a really good coupon. And so... I look down on the ground, and there's one of those little, really fast lizards that we have in the south. I don't know what they're called, but they just dart from place to place. I know which one you're talking about. They're very small and yeah. green, or sometimes they're blue. And so I see him, and I'm going, "There's no way they're going to catch this. Like, what are they going? This thing is unbelievably fast." And within two seconds, I have never seen a food line employee so dedicated in my life. This woman dove for this thing. She, no joke, dove for this lizard on the ground, like two, three feet away right lands on her stomach and scoops it with one hand to which case i yell across the inside <laughs> i know it's so warm. I was like, please don't squeeze it please but she she caught it and i saw it moving around in her hand like from this is just like head was like, kind of wiggling around she took it outside and 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 saved it it was crazy that's it was actually crazy insane. Ca- isn't it i there's no way i would ever catch one of those things and They're that so makes fast. up for yance eric's mistake and we're back to our animal equilibrium balance. equilibrium boys uh well, homeostasis <laughs> We beat the algorithm, boys. We oh, beat it. We no. got it. That's going to have to come up every time. I've heard that word so much, especially with working with social media a lot like I am nowadays. I hear mm-hmm. algorithm all the time. Oh, um, okay. So welcome to this episode of Table Talk Friday. We have, this is another Zachless episode, but this is our D&D advice show. My name is Seth Pittman, and I'm joined by my very good friend, one of my best friends, Andrew Romano. Feeling pretty good, boys. I'm feeling pretty good. Living my life on this gloomy day, talking about saving animals and taking lives, playing, <laughs> playing God basically saving in this animals world. Animals and taking lives. That's a good episode title. You think so? Yeah, no, not for this one. This is going to be a chaotic episode, boys, because Drew and I came in here without an exact plan. Although I do have some topics I would like to bring up. Um, my my one big topic I want to talk about is the characters for these upcoming one-offs we're going to be playing. So we've got a huge story arc going on in our campaign, but 
our funny our our buddy uh firefighter eric surprised us this past week and showed up to our session in person normally he calls in through uh facebook messenger and we have him on a separate screen i know what you're all thinking why don't you use discord why don't you use discord because we've had our group chats in facebook messenger since we were uh in college and we have not changed it's our youth yeah, it's our youth. So um, he showed up, and today he has ex- he has decided to do uh, a bonus uh, session for us this week, and we're going to be playing in a one-off designed by him. Uh, but my character Muse. Um, I think I think before we jump into Muse, we need to take one just one step back here. We need to be very clear. This man did not just show up for any session. He showed up for the best session, session 69 of our campaign. Yes, it was session 69. It was legit. We all got together. We got some pizza. And for the first time in so many months, I want to say almost a year, maybe, we were all together at the same table playing with all minis. No one was digital. It was it was insane, boy. It was it, pretty legit, and it was. I think that was one of the best sessions of the campaign. You think so? Like, I had so much fun. I don't know about you. It was like, it was pretty legit. Honestly, I liked just having Sean there. Yeah, but the the thing I liked is the the session had a uh, solid combat. It had mm-hmm. solid story build up the entire time. You guys made great decisions as your characters. Like as a session of D anD D, even without Sean being there, I still think it was just an amazing session of D anD D. Like one of the most balanced sessions. Now, I, you know, I just want to, you say balance and we make good choices. There's three of us currently unconscious. That wasn't your choice, though. You just rolled a bad roll. Mm. And, like, this is setting us up for the next session. Are you saying you railroaded us, Seth, into I'm this not decision saying, for us to have zero hit points? No, I'm not saying I railroaded you. I'm just saying there was an obstacle in your path, and you guys said, let's walk up to it. Um, but, so, we, you know, we're okay. We're, we're doing good. But... But anyway, we could we could jump into Muse now. Um, but it was a very surprising encounter. It was very cool to have our buddy here. Uh, and also, we definitely thought we were going to get murdered when he arrived because all we saw was his face through the window. And we're like, <laughs> who is this person waiting in our door at nighttime? Yeah, right now, it was now? weird. It was definitely weird, but it was well worth the weirdness. So, what I would like to start off with is I want to talk about my one-off characters because uh, it's been a while since we just talked about building characters and stuff, and it would be fun, uh, one, to walk you through some of the things I've decided for this upcoming one-off tonight, but then also, now that we're in the holiday season, we have our annual Christmas one-off coming up here soon, and uh, I have decided on a very fun and wacky character, and you, as the DM of the Christmas one-off, uh, I would like to run some things past you. Hopefully, we can talk a little bit about the magic item I have in mind, mm, um, and then okay. you know, spitball some ideas back and forth. Because I have a couple of different options, and I just need your, you know, DM input about it. Okay, okay. So, Let's see what you got. When it comes to Abel, my um, animal pack to the animal lords from the Tome of Heroes, sold by Kobold Press. Um, he is so much fun, and a character that I'm a big fan of. Animal Lords is basically. Um, first of all, Muse is a Shatter Kai, uh, which is a elf who derives from the Shadowfell. Um, so, given that, he's got some really cool abilities himself. He can bonus action Misty Step three times a day, mm. but also after the Misty Step, until his next turn, he has resistant to all damage. So, that's amazing. Um, so, these guys are pretty legit, and they're in the new Monsters of the Multiverse yes, book, right? Yeah, Shatter okay. Kai are in there. Um, now, don't get me wrong, all of this is great. It took me six or seven books to put this character together. <laughs> I have a pile of books sitting by the chair next to you, where and you, or in these books, including the ones on top of the table. Oh, this is everything it took to build Muse, because I have spells and uh, Eldritch Invocations, and um, his giant mouse companion, Abel, is a giant space hamster, except, you know, derived to be a mouse, in, from um, 
spell jammer. So I have mm-hmm. to have a spell jammer book at all times for me as, oh. as well. So I've got all of this stuff just to make this one character work. And it is so much fun. I have never played a straight up warlock. This is a seventh level warlock, Shatter Kai. Ooh. Um, and with the Path of the Animal Lord stuff, he's very naturalistic, very primal. Um, and he worships um, a god known as the uh, as the Mouse King. <laughs> that's, oh all, that's all he knows him as. Uh, and he's a Shatter Kai that is in service to the Mouse King from his pocket uh, dimension in the, shadow, in the Shadowfell. And he just has to go out and do the Mouse King's bidding, which is, most of the time, watching over the Earth, trying to find followers, and um, basically just being a mercenary hero or like a sellsword. Um, so he and Abel are a are a duo uh, of heroes. I I always love to see a duo. Whenever someone brings in like a beast companion, or even if it's just a side pet that they don't use, as far as the mechanics, yeah. it's always dis- it's always nice to see people function synergistically with their their companion. Just to bring more people to the table, you know. Right, and uh, the way that. The way that Abel works is really nice. The whole Animal Lords thing, he can do all of the things your companions can do as a bonus action, but I'm also packed of the chain, which allows me to have a link with my companion as a familiar. Mm. So Abel has his own personality. I can speak to him as if we're speaking to, uh, to each other. Uh, my patron, the Mouse King, also inhabits him, you know, through him. Mm. If Abel dies, so I... Muse is not very attached to Abel because if Abel dies, I get a new one within 24 hours. Oh, is that yeah, why we went through my, four of them in the first session? We didn't. We went through two or three. Well, <laughs> he, no, they couple. didn't die. I mean, you did swipe them out of existence with your sword. Well, yeah, but that wasn't them dying. That's me. Uh, as a familiar, they can go into my pocket dimension and out. So I swipe them out of, in and out of existence. Just be careful, Seth. We just talked about this whole animal thing. I'm just saying you're, drawing, you're walking the tightrope My here. My patron um, sends me a new one within 24 hours. But my page, if I do it too many times, my patron should get mad because they're tired of sending companions that I keep really? killing. Yeah. <laughs> it says that in there. It's like, Hey, if you do this too many times, your patron may get upset with you. Is there a rule? Like if you do this six times in one day, they no, don't it's just like hamster. based on who the patron is basically. So, uh, able being how he is, my whole goal with Muse is like he's a spell casting warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, I want him to be able to kind of like get spells off for a lot of damage and like run away basically all the time. You know, use his bonus action to disengage, like to um, teleport away from people who get resistance to damage. And Abel, 22 hit point space hamster, uh, is the <laughs> one who has to take all the hits. So I've derived a combo today now that we've leveled up to level seven, which I think is pretty powerful. The Pact of the Animal Lords with the Eldritch Invocation that lets me cast Polymorph. So what I can do with Abel is I can be like, all right, Abel, go ahead. And then kick him out there, make Abel do all the attacking, change him into uh, like a giant buff mouse, and then have him go ham on all of the enemies while I run away, buff Abel, use my reaction to um to give him resistance to damage and stuff mm. use my bonus action to teleport around and uh, get resistance myself and another feature that's so cool about um one of the pack to the chain features i believe is if you're within a hundred feet of your companion who is your like familiar you also get max on any healing to you <gasps> so if i take damage and someone heals me i just get max wait what's the, what's the range on that within if i'm within a hundred feet of able that's insane. Yeah, and that's that's not even uh, in uh, a Tome of Heroes thing. That is, it's either uh, Xanathar's or Tasha's feature. Holy yeah. crap! For Pact to the Chain, yeah. That's a, even like a just a, a low level cure wounds at that point is awesome in combat. Yeah, then like if they've got a plus five, oh, you cast a level one cure wounds, thirteen hit points automatically. Dang. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. an amazing feature. So yeah, I'm a very survivable warlock 
who uses their companion to just mess things up. Does it? Um, do you know if it transitions over to your companion? Because that would be sick if he was just this hunk of meat. I don't around, believe it does. Hits. I think it's oh, just for man. me. Um, but it's oh, amazing because cool. I can polymorph him, give him resistance to damage, like whenever whenever things happen, and have him just go and ham on all the enemies. Mm, okay, I think this is pretty synergistic. It's gonna work. I can also conjure animals if I want. Uh, oh, that's that's where we had discussed this. Uh, just to be clear, everybody, we're we're talking about this. It's a series of, of one-offs we're calling the six-off uh, for Sean. This is not the Christmas one-off. This is a separate thing. We've already done session one, and we're going into session two today, yes. right? Okay, okay. So I cannot wait till your character and my character together conjure animals summoning 16 wolves onto the Well, no, you'll have, you'll have eight wolves. I will have eight giant mice. Oh, <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a one four, CR one fourth beast. I can conjure, conjure eight of those, so what? so I can have eight giant mice on the on the battlefield. The twenty two hit point uh, monsters. Oh yeah, I also didn't mention Abel's hits are magical. Oh, so so, that's pretty legit. so he gets that's past legit. resistances uh, to like mm. and, and immunities to non magical things. His hits are magical, so I polymorph him into this big thing. He's doing magical stuff. <gasps> Fun question, hmm. right? So if you polymorph, right? Polymorph is magic, obviously. Yeah. So let's say let's say Abel's attacks weren't magical, and you polymorph him. Do you think that would count as magic no. resistance? Oh, ma- mm. no, no, it wouldn't count as a magical attack. I think I would say no, but I guess it could be arguable because you're using a spell to do it. But he's really just yeah. A giant but you're just shape shifting them. Like, would you mm. say because there's druidic magic involved with a wild shape, they have magic attacks? Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I think they do get that at a certain level. They do, I believe, or maybe it's just um, a circle of the moon. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So, um, in general, I think that it's amazing. Uh, the the whole animal lords <laughs> combo that I've come up with. It's going to be very fun, and I think Muse is a great character. So, very excited for what we're going to see tonight. Now, I am excited to combo a little bit with you, and I don't know what kind of you know animals you've seen in your travels. But last session, uh, Sean has been going excessive with giving us magic items this this series of one-offs so far uh, we already have some crazy powerful things including a blade that ba- basically self-destructs when you swing it but more importantly he gave me a book i can't remember what it was called for the life of him, but it was it's basically a wizard spell book but for druids right yes. so what i can do is i can use this book and the same way a wizard would copy a spell using two hours and i think it's 50 gold pieces worth of uh, chalk and paper I can copy down other creatures that I see, and they don't have to be beasts. So as long as the CR falls within the the limitations of my druid level, I can wild shape into these things that I copy down. That's cool. It's legit. So I'm hyped. I might honestly, I could just, I guess, transform into Abel. And there could be two oh. Abels on the battlefield. And then I summon eight Abels, and you <laughs> summon eight Abels, and we have 16, mi- no, that would be 17 mice running oh. around. We could be the Mighty Mice. That'll be our team. Oh, our team we'll name. serve the Mouse King, man. I'll, I'll indoctrinate <laughs> you to the Mouse King. Now, I, I have to I have to ask the question. Is the, Now, the Mouse King sounds adorable. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, like, it's like goofy. Okay. Um, is is he evil? Is he good? What, how is he aligned exactly? I don't exactly? know. Not I, sure I think he's more... I Yeah, I think he's more neutral. I think he just wants okay. his influence to be spread. Mm, okay. I was thinking almost more of a, a mischievous deity kind of right. vibe. Yeah, like a... Like a chaotic neutral, you know? Chaotic. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah, like a chaotic neutral. <laughs> I like that it's just... <laughs> he just employs the, the everlasting quest for cheese. 
<laughs> you always are just looking for cheese to offer I, to the mouse king. Do you think he sounds like Mickey Mouse? He definitely sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> okay, we, we have to make this canon so he sounds like Mickey Mouse so we could force Sean, the DM, to do Mickey Mouse. We should do a Mouse King one-off based on the, the Three Mouseketeers movie. God, that would be good. That would be pretty yeah. solid. I would just play a uh, like a Three Musketeer bar though. I don't yeah. know how I would do it. I would flavor it by character. So he would you have to have a fighter, bar. a bard, and something else. Um, but I also have another character I wanted to bring up and talk about, and that is Slushy, the the Frost Paladin, <laughs> the the Snow Paladin, the the Fire Paladin. I don't know what we want to call him. I'm trying to come up with a good name, but. This is my character. Twelfth uh, level is where we're starting, right? Mm-hmm. That so, is true. That is true. So twelfth level is what we're is what we're doing uh, for the Christmas one off this year. And Slushy is a um, oath of the hearth, which is also a tome of heroes. Not a very strong subclass, but it is a uh, subclass that I've been interested in using because it's fire based. And uh, fourth level hexblade warlock. Oh my so the the way this is going to work for him is um, the way I'm thinking of Slushy and why I just, you know, I relate to him so much is I'm thinking he's going to be very robotic. Um, he's almost like a Christmas sentry that runs on Christmas cheer. Um, <laughs> and he is a, a a toy snowman who wields a magical flail or whip. I can't decide mm. if it's going to be a flail or a whip. And then has a shield um, and is just made, he's an autonome. So completely made out of plastic and like whatever, whatever like toy materials that Santa has available, and oh, okay, he is okay. he is the perfect like Christmas sentry, and so <laughs> he he has a pact with Santa, um and with and the powers that Santa granted him, but he also has paladin magic granted to him by Santa. Now we recently had, uh in in the last Christmas one off a changeover in Santa power, um <laughs> and the person who's running you know the North Pole, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so. I'm thinking whenever all of this started going down, uh, in the time between Santa living and Santa dying, Slushy was activated and meant to defend the city in some way as a sentry. I don't know exactly what's going on in the story yet, but Slushy has been activated. So Okay, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm digging this. Yeah, so I run on the power of Christmas cheer, um, and I... <laughs> I, I don't know what to think of. I fight with, like, the flames of... Um, I, he's obsessed with fire. Like his whole his whole mo is fighting with fire. Just the idea of a, of a pyro snowman. It gives it, first of all, it gives me slightly Olaf vibes, wanting to be in the summer sun. Yeah. a lot. But I don't know how that would work. If, are you gonna be melting the whole time? No, he's toys. He's a toy snowman. Oh, he's a toy snowman. Yes, Fake exactly. Snowman. Okay. So he looks okay. like a snowman. Um, I was so I'm thinking either a flail or a whip for him. Now my flail idea is that it's a flail with a um, snowflake Christmas ornament on the end, and then on, and it has a second chain of a flail that also has like a sun, um, like thing on the like a sun, a pointy sun on the end. So you swing it around, mm. and you and when you swing it, it does, does either like a fire or ice effect or something like that. But I also was thinking I could have a whip that's a licorice whip, and it's uh like either a blue, a light bluish, and um, fiery like licorice that intertwine <gasps> together. So like an icy and fire licorice whip that does something. That's pretty sick. Yeah. So I was okay. thinking. I was thinking that, or some really sick like paladin like ice armor. Or um, mm. there's just all these ideas I have, and I haven't gotten to flesh them out very much. Um, Hexblade warlock. I'm able to. I already have insane stats. Like I'm gonna have um, 20 charisma no matter what happens, and <laughs> no also happens. I could also have 20 strength. I have three feats to pick that I have not picked yet. Um, you haven't picked them yet. You still have 20. 
Yeah, so I I rolled two eighteens whenever we whenever I rolled stats. Okay. Uh, okay. Everything else is moderate, so I I did increase my constitution by one. So I'm at seventeen con. Um, I'm at fourteen dex, which is just average. My intelligence is my dump stat because I'm just a robot, basically. So okay. seven, I can only think through like the code that I was designed with. Um, and then I have eleven wisdom, so I have twenty charisma though, and eighteen strength, and. Uh, I don't know what magic items you're thinking about letting us like pick and choose from, mm. but I was either thinking of one that I could use to buff my charisma above 20 or buff my strength above 20. Cause you know, there's things like gauntlets of ogre power mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. or, and like, um, recently I watched a, uh, a campaign where the paladin had 29 strength because he what? had, um, he, ha- they let him pick a very rare item or like a legendary item, I believe. And he picked, um, gauntlet to the storm giant. Is that 29? Yeah. 29 strength. So oh my God, can you imagine twenty nine strength snowman? Yeah. So I was thinking <laughs> either something like that to go with, or uh, finding something that like buffs my charisma up a little bit more. Because with a hex blade, I can just have all my attacks go through charisma anyways. Mm. So I'm really thinking hard right now. Okay, what kind of magic items can I go with? How can I design a really cool weapon? Because I can't have just a weapon that deals fire damage. Because oath of the hearth, I can already replace my divine smites with instead of radiant, I can do fire. Mm. Um, okay. Okay. And. Oath of the Hearth grants a lot of... I felt like we would probably end up running into, like, cold-ish creatures, especially being from the North Pole. You know, Slushy might have been used in the past only to defend the North Pole from, like, ancient cold creatures and stuff. So, uh, his whole thing is, like, granting resistance to cold damage or um, his... I get you. We get extra. Um, my aura gives us uh, advantage on saving throws against any kind of magic that involves cold. Oh, see, um, yeah, I'm not gonna spoil anything with that. That might be helpful. So uh, yeah, I figured that, and it made sense for him, um, like story wise, to be like, yes, he defends the North Pole. He fights with fire because the North Pole is in a cold place, and he defends well against cold because that's typically what would be attacking here. Okay, I dig that. So. One really cool thing I'm thinking, you were talking about this flail, right? And having it maybe like a, a double flail, yes. if you will. I don't know if you've seen the really old like claymation Christmas mu- uh, movies or not, but I really want you to have this double flail called the miser and you can choose either heat or ice. Oh. I don't know. I guess there's so many things you could do with it. I like the idea that maybe you, maybe you roll for it or you select which mode it's in, right? Kind of like a fire shield, ice shield. Yeah. Or maybe you have like resistance to ice and then deal fire damage or vice versa or something like that. Or, that or neat. since I already get an extra attack, um, what if one of the attacks is one of them hitting and one of them is the other one hitting? So two Ooh. things happen and maybe if both of them hit on the same turn, an effect goes off. Fire and ice. Yeah, like maybe if you, if you hit with... Um, it may, oh, this is a good idea. What if I had to roll for which one hits first, right? When I swing it, whether the ice or the fire hits first. Mm-hmm. And if the fire hits first, um, maybe there's like a scalding effect when the cold hits. Or Ooh. if um, if the ice hits first, it's like there's like some sort of like melting or like some some sort of effect that goes on when those two effects intertwine. If but if it both misses, then nothing really happens. That's pretty. It's, I like the risk reward on that. Yeah. So I, I don't know how we can flavor that in a really fun way. Um, because I'd almost rather have. I don't really want to be like a, a necessarily like a nuke. Um, mm-hmm, I want to be. I want to be a good like defender almost. Um, the opposite well, of I last guess, year. Yeah, last year I was a glass cannon. This year, I I would like to have like the paladin. Like I can already divine smite for a ton. I have the most insane spell list because uh, multi classing. Uh, since I have the 
uh, plus five in charisma. As a paladin, I get half my paladin levels and plus five charisma. I have nine paladin spells, and I'm only level eight. Dang. So, so um, and then I also get four spells that are granted to me through my uh, my oath. So I have burning hands, sanctuary, oh. searing smite, cure wounds, shield of faith, command, compelled duel, calm emotions, flame blade, aid, lesser <laughs> restoration, and zone of truth. <laughs> And I have seven spell slots to use between those. And then let me get onto my warlock spells because I have five <laughs> warlock spells and two warlock spell slots. Hellish Rebuke, Armor of Agathis, Misty Step, Mirror Image, and Hold Person. So I'm I am a caster paladin. I have nine spells to go through. Ooh. Yeah. There's okay, first of all, there's a whole lot of flavor we can go into with this, right? But, and that's what I was thinking, because if I had Again, I don't know how much customizing we're doing with our armor, whether I should just be like a whole toy, like sort of how I had my super suit last year, almost having like a full um, like armor set um, like that includes my flail that does something like because mm-hmm. armor of Agatha, this is really cool. Um, I don't know if you know what it does, oh, yeah. but it armor gives you five temporary sick. hit points. And as they hit you, it does cold damage back to them, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. It and would you be, can upcast it too. Yes. And you can upcast it. So I can only cast it as with, or as a warlock at my second level spells. Cause I only have second level spells. I don't have third level spells yet. Thanks to this. Mm, um, okay. Okay. Which I think I might be able to with warlock, but I think because of the spot that I'm in with both of them, I can't actually cast third level spells or something. Mm. Um, it always gets complicated when you have Warlock in the mix. Yeah, I was like, ah, I'm not going to worry too much about it. I'm okay with the spells I have. Okay, okay. So you have we have some real stuff to work with here. Now, you mentioned you were a toy snowman, right? Yes. And I like the idea that you're slushy the snowman, right? Have you thought about being a slushy machine with like a snowman <gasps> head? Oh, I could. You could make that work. I could make that work. <laughs> There's a lot of ways. So now, okay, oh, okay. We even take it a step further for flavor, right? You have this cheer meter, right? Because you run off cheer, kind of like in the end of uh, what was it, Elf, where the uh, the sleigh starts going down. And they have to sing. Yeah, the power the- of Christmas cheer is what, yes. like, where my magic comes from. What if instead of doing the miser, right? What if your item was something given to you by this warlock, right? Because you're devoted to Santa Claus, right, and yeah. protecting the North Pole. Right. So what if you had this like temptation thing, this warlock thing going on? Right. And so every time you used its ability, your cheer meter went down. Right. And you can only do it so many times before like your slushies would melt or you as a snow would turn into a real snowman and start melting. Are you thinking like on the terms of like meta magic where I have like cheer points? For something. Ooh, that could be cool. I kind of like that. Almost like a, yeah, like a certain amount of points maybe. And you can expend those points to do certain things. Yeah, I feel like you would have to do something that that messes with my spells like metamagic. Mm. Um, At the same time, I have three feats to choose. Uh, Like, I I just have no clue where to go with all of that. Like, I have so much to choose where it's like thinking about it. I was like, well, I have to go through all the feats and find ones that work with this. Because I went with the Hexblade Paladin. Um, because you can add so much damage and uh, there's just so much that can go along with it. And then I also have two invocations I have to choose, uh, but they have to be the lower level invocations. Invocations scare me. There's so many of them on those pages. And I've never amazing, played a warlock though. before. I know that I, I've, I've glanced through them very briefly and there's a lot of them that are very good, right? They look right off the bat, look very good. They have high prerequisites. You yeah. have like seventh level, eighth level, whatever. They do look really cool. I really want to try them one day, even if it's just the whichever feat that gives you an invocation. I can't remember which one it is. Something deep Eldritch, something blah, blah, blah. But I do really want to try them. Oh, I'm not taking Eldritch Blast, by the way. (gasps) As a warlock? Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I... Uh, well, I mean, I guess I could. I have a slot open for cantrips because I get two cantrips. I'm doing minor illusion for one. I want to have like an R2D2 projector on me that uh, mm. that does minor illusion. 
Uh, so okay, that way okay. I can that way I can show it as I'm like the sentry, you know, the robotic sentry. So like I I want to have like the projector that's like oh like who someone asked me like who did this or like what's going on and I can show them. You break it down, re re uh, undo time, kind of like a tracer sort of yeah. thing. Analyzing the scene makes you think very cyberpunk for some reason. Yeah, I like show what's going on. You know, I analyze yeah. the scene. Okay, very investigative. Okay. Even though uh, I have a uh, seven intelligence. Um, so you're a really dumb and maybe I'm just wise I'm very good at like perceiving things and like breaking down the situation but I don't really know what it means I kind of want you you mentioned how high your stats are I kind of want you just to be this hunky sentinel snowman that's designed to protect Santa so you just have like max out chariz constitution and strength yeah all the way across the board and your intelligence just well that's why I thought about having the tough feet as well I thought about having the tough feet Um, I'm thinking about taking sentinel as well to keep people within range of me um, you're gonna be a powerhouse snowman. Yeah, I'm thinking about taking Sentinel to ha- to keep people within range of me. Um, okay, okay. And so there's there's a whole lot to to break down to go into when it comes to to Slushy. I'm super hyped to play him. It's just the magic item part that's like getting me right now, and the the feats because I could also I could take the fight the fighter feat and do the uh the new fighting style. I could take an artificer feat and get more spells. I can get I could take like there's a million things I can do. I could get another invocation. I can get meta magic. Mm-hmm. So are you focusing more magic then, or you do you want do you want to do some melee? Because it sounds like you have a high strength already. Yeah, well I do have a high strength, but my my attacks go off my charisma anyways because my hexblade. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I guess the strength doesn't even matter then. The strength doesn't really matter. So I, I was before I was thinking I was gonna see if I could get like a um like some gauntlets that put me at like twenty three or twenty five strength, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I was hoping I could do. And then when I got the the when I chose to go hexblade, I was like, Well no, I don't need that. I have twenty charisma. Like if my charisma can go up, then then my DC goes up and my uh attacks go up. So that would be nice. Just um, going off strength alone. If if you're going to take a magic item that gives you strength, please, it's a Christmas one-off, please take a glove of Hulk strength. And it's just a Hulk glove that you get for oh Christmas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you, you turn green. Maybe maybe you're the slushy machine and you start making green slushies. No, it's soccer boppers. <laughs> soccer boppers. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. What if I did have soccer bopper hands or something? And uh, when I hit people, there's a chance they fly ten feet back or something, <gasps> and they like they fly ten feet back prone if they Ooh. they have to make like saves against my charisma. You can even make it icy. Maybe they freeze. Maybe there's a yeah. chance they're frozen solid. Like a uh, makes me think like in Pokemon when ice beam goes off and someone gets frozen. Does it a little icy effect? When, or like when I hit, I can expend a charge to thunder smite like hit them farther back. <laughs> um, Okay, I like that. I definitely like the extra smite stuff. At the same time, I feel like my pal- paladins are already such nukes. Uh, I don't want to be the one true. guy that was like, "Yeah, let me get, let me make myself an ability that does more smite damage." So that way, it's like, "Oh, I do my two d eight, then I cast my five, my I can do five more of fire damage, and then also my hit with my weapon, and also my improved divine smite." Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not the power gamer type. I just like to have. I want it to be really fun. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and honestly, I I like the idea of not doing the divine smite build like a lot of people do because it's very strong, and I don't blame them for doing it. But well, okay, I kind of have to because Why? with hexblade. On a nineteen or twenty, I crit. Oh, oh crap! Yeah, okay. I was gonna go do champion fighter, and then I saw that that was a hexblade ability, and I was like, oh, I get invocations too. Okay, mm, remember, so remember you said that, Seth. Just remember you said that. What I want you—you you mentioned you crit on a nineteen or twenty. I just want you to remember that. Yeah, I I crit on a nineteen or twenty. Um, also, 
that way, the way that I plan on getting closer to enemies is with my my misty step, my bonus action. So that because you know I'm gonna have to be based in melee. Like I'm not gonna, that's why I'm not taking Eldritch Blast. I'm not planning to because I need to be melee. Um, so I have misty step to get to creatures. Like if I need to get up in the air, like someone get me up there, I'm going. Okay, I love I love the idea. We're talking magic items here, though, because you were talking about teleporting around. If you're going for mobility, anyway, shape or form, I love the idea. Even even if it's not that strong, just as a comedic relief, I love the idea that as a snowman, you misty step right, and you're just kind of there. But as you appear on the other side, you leave like this trail of ice, like black ice Ooh. or something, and people could slip on it and hurt themselves, or or maybe it explodes in some way, like at a small radius, hurting everyone. You got me, because uh, what I want to do now is, have you ever seen gameplay for the uh, the Nintendo game Splatoon. Yes, yes, I have seen. So that. you know how they kind of like dive into the uh, the ground in mm-hmm. the ink and like swim in it and then pop up. Yeah, yeah. What if he like dives into the ground uh, and then appears behind enemies as like like through ice on the, on the ground? <gasps> That's actually really terrifying. It's terrifying, <laughs> right? All of a sudden, this to- this toy robot appears behind you, ready to whack the hell out of you. That's the equivalent of like being on a frozen lake, but there's a shark underneath. And you could see it swimming around as it just pops up and bites you. Ooh, I could go with the whip instead of the flail. And um, and what I can do is have the... What I was hoping for the whip was that it would restrain things. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. way I can, I can like uh, send it towards someone, go for the attack roll, get the huge smite damage off, restrain them, and then like pull them in and then um, like get some attacks off some other way. Like what, what I was thinking was... Um, once I've captured my enemy, you know, drop the shield, pull out like a club and start whacking them as they come in. <laughs> That's so stupid. Yeah. It. It's like, I okay, it. I caught who I'm trying to hit. Dropping the shield for minus two AC, pick up the club and then just start hitting them over the head with it. <laughs> I, I, I dig the idea of anybody using a club ever right it's yeah. just it's so funny it's comedic and no one uses them because they're just suboptimal but if you made that maybe your magic item if you had some sort of like like a seal club <laughs> or something <laughs> you can make that you can make that work it's a club with it's a, like a black club with naughty written across it <gasps> <laughs> makes me think of those pictures on the internet of like naughty santa where it's just got naughty like tatted up yeah. the side of his arm and he's all swollen and ripped that's pretty uh. sick Okay. I, my magic item could be naughty and nice, and the nice is me capturing the naughty. It's like me. Oh, it does extra damage if you have them restrained. Yeah. And the whip restrains them. Yeah. That's pretty sick. That's actually. pretty sick. The just the idea of the whip kind of like pulling you in towards someone makes me think very uh, Meat Hook Doom Eternal yeah. kind of a vibe, which is another cool idea. You could do ice damage as you're pulled towards them. That would be pretty sick. Mm. Maybe as they're frozen, you do extra damage or. I guess in the in the Doom game you get extra armor if they're on fire. So maybe if you hit them you get like extra AC or like yeah. extra hit points or something. Yeah, see my character is really good at fighting cold creatures even though like I didn't necessarily plan on that. I just wanted the fire theme cuz Oath of the Hearth is very Christmassy. Yeah, no for sure. I was for like, sure. "Oh, this is great." So he's very good at fighting cold creatures even though like I didn't even know if we were going to be fighting cold creatures or not. I just assumed that I mean, we're at a Christmas one-off, so there's probably going to be some cold creatures there. I will give one one spoiler. It is the Christmas one-off there will be cold damage involved. Cool. So it'll be very useful. My aura though because of my level is only 10 feet. It's not 30 feet. But that, that's um, a 10 foot aura. And then man. also my charisma, my plus five to saving throws for everybody. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, so everybody within 10 feet of me gets plus five on saving throws, and I always get it too. I think that's the strongest thing paladins get, period, man. Their aura, yeah. It, it's insane. And it goes out to 30 feet at later levels. Think about it, every time you fight something gigantic in D&D, everything, anything high level, you know, high level encounters, uh, 
they always have crazy saves. It's always crazy yeah. saves. They're like 20, 21, 22, especially if you get into like dragons and high seals. Plus five is helpful, especially if you're proficient. <gasps> oh, no, for sure, for sure. I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm stoked. Now, I've only heard about your character, Patrick's character, and a little bit from Zach's character. So we still have a lot more on the horizons for yeah. this. And guys, I haven't even given the description yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like building the character and I was like, I don't even know what's happening yet. I have re I've rewritten the description three times. I have I have some written down right now. It actually is, and I've been working on it day in day out, thinking about it from my car ride to work and back. I've been playing nothing but Christmas music in my car, boys. You don't understand, <gasps> man. I, I got to start doing that. It's I'm getting into the vibe. It's gonna be wonderful. Good. I, to give just a little bit of insight, just a little tad because I have sent the description out. <clears throat> it will be either the day after Christmas or a few days. Pardon me, guys. Or a few days after Christmas. And keep in mind, last year, the North Pole fell as Santa was slain. And like in the Santa Claus movies, there is a new Santa Claus now. So you guys will have to, one way or another, save Christmas here. I am calling it confirmed. It is the nightmare after Christmas. Oh, that's so cool. So it's going to be pretty legit. I'm very stoked. We're playing in just a couple weeks. I really got to get my stuff together. We got to build this out and like put it on Patreon or something because I feel like it's such a good thing to put out there for people to see because you do a good job of like designing something that is meant for like a one-time thing. The problem is we never finish it because there's too much. I always put too much content. Anyone out there that makes one-offs or campaigns and they don't get through it all the way, guys, I feel you. It's rough, man. You got to tell a whole story in so many hours. It's hard. We do have to talk about dates though because I will be... Uh, out of town 14th to the 19th and our oh. original date was the 18th but seth no i know you can't i we can't be remote because we have to do it here so i have to we have to figure out the date sometime in december might be a week earlier might be the day before christmas <laughs> <laughs> it has to be before the 25th i mean that's all i know if i will say christmas we, eve one off okay that would be insane if we can actually play on christmas eve i would love that but I will say, if we play after Christmas Day, there may be repercussions in the one-off. Perhaps oh. Christmas has already passed. Perhaps there's more consequences. Christmas hasn't happened yet. Maybe Christmas was missed. That's what I'm saying. Christmas missed was Christmas. missed, and you guys have to find Christmas. What? That would be crazy. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I, I just got some new inspiration, boys. Yeah. This, this is going to be good. It's. I'm super excited for this. It's. If you guys don't know about like the last one off the christmas one off we did there's a story time out there about us killing santa <laughs> but we quite literally murdered santa and now we're doing the sequel to it the nightmare after christmas and it's it's so cool last year was also the meme of the jacks which i really loved <laughs> oh that we were gosh. all named jack um it was but, uh, what jack jack lumber jack of lantern jack of lantern red cap jack yeah red, <laughs> red cap jack um i don't remember oh, was that that might have been it but it was i gotta say as a dm for anyone that's ever dm'd out there four people with the same name at the table it was ridiculous yeah it was like jack please do this but jack and jack i need you to make a save <laughs> <laughs> which jack and i was just pointing around the table to it make was sure so we had the right one. Oh my gosh yeah okay. so yeah i'm definitely gonna go with like more of a robotic character um, oh okay okay yeah i oh what if slushy was like a bunch of numbers and letters um like what do you mean like it was five l u s or five l u five h one and that's slushy <laughs> I lo- it's just a calculator turned upside yeah. down like boobies across the front <laughs> i think i think that's where you need to focus first you got to focus on 
what you actually want to be. Do you want to be a real snowman, a toy snowman, or a slushy machine? Oh, no. He right? he is a toy snowman, probably with a battery pack underneath his hat. Battery. What if your Christmas, what if your magic item was the hat? Like the, has, the hat of a... Uh, Frosty. Yeah, Frosty's hat. It could be. Because you were talking about getting right. It could help you fly. It could help you teleport a little bit, give you uh, cold resistance. That would be pretty neat. I think I already have cold resistance, thanks to my Oath of the Hearth. Yeah, yeah. I would say, honestly, if you just flavored your own snowman, I assume snowman would have resistance to cold damage. Yeah. Which, I don't... Again, for anyone that hasn't seen it from uh, for last year, Sean did create his own race, which was a red pine. A red a pine Christmas tree, tree, boys. A Christmas tree. And he did not... Every year... <clears throat> this is only the second year, but every year I say, guys, you could play anything you want, just reflavor the race right you could be a dragonborn but you can reflavor it to a snowman or a polar bear or a tree whatever you want to be you can be it just reflavor it no sean came up with his own christmas tree race <clears throat> and you know how some wolves have like pack tactics or some people i think like kobold they have their own version of it he had plant tactics where if anyone was within <laughs> so many feet of him he had advantage because he too was a plant <laughs> it was it gets real goofy it I don't. I feel stuck. I feel stuck, Seth. I yeah. I need to just just splurge all of this information onto a word document and just wing it. I think because there's so much information. At this it's point. it's gonna be so much fun. I don't get to play very often, but like at this last part of the year, I've gotten to play a good bit, which is which has been fun because I I never get to be a character. No, that is true. I I always like seeing you at the table. It it does feel a little strange to me sometimes. Yeah, it feels weird to me too. Very similar to the first time in. 20, 30, 40 sessions the other day when I had Sean sitting next to me. I was kind of just the whole time like, right? Why is Sean here? It, You know, <laughs> the weird thing for me, it felt completely normal. Maybe it's because I lived with him for two years. Uh, but like, it was so normal to just have him sitting there. Like, it didn't feel weird to me at all. But you know what? Maybe it was weird for me because Sean had the audacity the balls to sit in my seat he did my seat at the D <laughs> table i'm i'm assuming most people out there have their designated seat their designated spot it helps them get into character you know it helps you get into your flow for the day this man sat in my seat i couldn't play my character right I no do i it. noticed yeah you were really off <laughs> <laughs> my hit points were lower i had less spell slots <laughs> everything was going downhill boys it was not which well. the spot we left off at the other day whoo you guys went through went through all that stuff. Skipped a ton of story. Like, I mean, it's it's fine with me. Like, I'm okay with you guys skipping through side quests. Um, I did when I wrote the session. I did intend for you to go to the the hammock of worlds. I didn't intend for you to find a way around it. Then you guys started like logic and and talking, and I was like, oh, I mean, it makes sense that they could do that. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, if if he was to see this vision, it makes sense that he could plane shift there because you have a, you have a, a reference point. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I've only plane shifted twice, you know, for good reasons, extremely high level spell, but both times was an extreme shortcut. I mean, yeah. we had to get somewhere so far away, it was going to take us sessions to get there, and I just kind of entered a cheat code really quick. I intended to end the session when you guys got to the beholder fight, but we still had so much time left. Like, we had an hour left, and I was like, oh, well, we can finish this beholder fight. I'm surprised we even fought it. It was getting pretty late when we when we approached it. I know Sean was getting kind of sleepy towards the end. Yeah, but we had been there for like three and a half hours, and I was like, no, if Sean's here, we're pushing this. And I was like, let's get through this fight, because I wanted to end off with where I where I ended off. Um, I was like, okay, this will be our combat for the day. In the Beholder fight, I felt like that was, one, the most balanced fight with the Beholder we've had, and also, two, just like one of the most fun combats, because it was like one legendary creature versus you guys, even though it was lower CR than your group. Um, but like... 
fighting against it, it felt like it had big stakes, did it not? Oh, no, no, absolutely. I felt in danger the entire time. Yeah. Which I don't know if I can adjust that to the fact that we were over a literal void in space that we could have just yeah. fallen out of and yeah. died. Or the fact that this was a beholder, which beholders kill everybody. I've been in a number of one-offs at this point where I've died to beholders. I have more losses against beholders than I do wins. Yeah. So having it in our main campaign for you know 69 sessions deep at this point, I was extremely worried. I had died 20, 30 sessions ago, literally to a different beholder. So my character cowered half the time. It dimension door across the void. It was legit. I mean, great rolls from like from me because all I did was roll like the same three rays over and over again. Um, oh yeah, that, but you did. You did get the bad one one time. I think. Did you get the real bad one? No, you didn't. I, get it? No, I never got the really bad one. Mm. Uh, that was number five on the beholders that I kept rolling, and it was like it, I think it was like eight d eight, like necrotic damage or something like that. Yeah, but that's not the important part. The important part is if you drop to zero, you die. Yeah, I mean, there was a, yeah, I didn't get the disintegration one though, which would have been crazy. Oh my gosh. I, I actually kind of wanted to get you guys crazy close, but then uh, you guys made it out pretty pretty well from from the beholder fight and then right afterwards you stepped into a room where a creature that I have known about for a long time and didn't really understand why it was a high CR and then um, a thing happens and uh, three of you dropped to zero hit points and then including uh, Osmond's companion Stein as like literally all of you just lose all your hit points and drop to the ground. See, now I'm very curious, Seth, because you just said a creature you've known about for a while. So I'm not sure if you're talking about this weird orb in front of us. I'm not sure if you let something slip there or if you're talking about the oh, I didn't giant let slip. beast that we are inside right now. I don't know. So I'm a little scared. A little I don't know, worried. but I... Uh, I'm very excited because I feel like the next few seconds of your character's lives is very important. Um, and I am just excited to see whether or not you guys actually make it through. Um, and I won't feel bad if someone dies. <laughs> now, okay, okay. I got to ask you. As, as a DM running a scenario where you can get knocked, multiple people, AOE, can get knocked down to zero hit points, were you prepared or worried that everybody in the party would drop to zero. No, not in the slightest. No, you don't think so? You guys always, like, at the right moments, just roll really high. Or, like, at the wrong moments when I need it to be, like, intense, roll really high. Never in my mind did I think, oh, yeah, this this could be a TPK right here. But what if we did? What if we did TPK? Would that just be the end of the campaign? I have a plan. Yeah, oh, you do have a plan? Yeah. Okay. I have, okay. I've had this, I have an idea for quite a while for if you guys got wiped or something. Okay, so now I'm a little less stressed, a little less stressed, but also more stressed because it's hell-based. It's a hell-based campaign, so I feel like if we do die, there's going to be dire consequences, so... It'll be interesting, for sure. I, I now, okay, okay, I'll... Very worried, very stressed, I'm going to crap on you, but I will give you, I will give you props. Thank you for the love of God letting us fight that beholder last week. Because the idea of us not fighting it, it stopped, us stopping right at the Beholder fight, knowing I've died to a Beholder before, and then just having to ha to wait a whole week to fight this thing, I would have been planning. I would have been dreaming about this fight, preparing myself for this. I feel like it was good for Pyth, you know? Like, oh, no, to, it definitely to was. To know that you guys can take one down pretty easily. And like Oswin, too, as you know, he gave his soul after like from the Beholder fight. Oh, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how that works with the, the soul's... It's going to be a pain in the butt. Oh, did you like my uh, my one-liner at the end where I said, uh, 
oh, what was it? It was, you know, do we, let, let's just go get the sand and go. Oh, yes. So oh. clean. So just, just a little bit of insight. The last time, last time we, we played this, we fought a beholder. My character died because they kept going and needed to collect this sand, basically, right? This uh, Phlegathosian so they, sand. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> If, for those who don't know, um, Phlegathos is a it is a specific layer of hell, um, and so the sand originating from there was in the Feywild, um, taken by some like ancient deity or whatever. So they had to go to the Feywild, collect the Phlegathosian sand, and come back. Now, after um, after this, they had they had gotten the sand. Uh, Pyth had already been like on wit's end before, and they had gotten the sand. And I made it clear at the table. I was like, hey. This is like, you guys have completed the mission, but there is still a hallway down here. Like, you guys can keep going. You can continue on if you would like. Or you can turn tail and, like, go now. Like, up to you. And then they talked about it for a little bit. They decided, no, we're going to check out the dungeon. And so they go in. They find something I called the Fey Holder. It was a slightly nerfed Beholder. It had eight tentacles instead of ten. Um, and instead of oh. and instead of canceling out... Um, magic like it did with its eye it actually changed things into uh wild magic so uh i had some different wild magic tables going on depending on what happened and every time a character went to cast a spell a different effect would go off instead of nothing happening so which was a pain in the butt by the way and then pyth got hit by a disintegration ray and died that or no so or it wasn't damage. the one it was just the one that kills you right not the disintegration one you didn't you didn't become like dust right i don't you know, funny enough, I was so stressed out about dying, I don't remember. I don't yeah, remember no, I think you just, just died. died. I it, think you just died. We'll put it this way. It did an insane amount of damage. It, it had to do a minimum like 50, 60 damage. It was like 50-something damage, I think, and it killed you when you hit zero. To which case, I would think it would be the Disintegration Ray, because I think Disintegration does way more damage. I, I think I might have reflavored it to where you just died, so that way your body was still there, because it was a weaker beholder. Um, mm. Something like that, so you were just lifeless. Um, but... Oswin gave up his soul to get Pyth's soul back to a deed or to a fiend, uh, which was insane, insanely cool. I wanted it to be sort of like a quick uh, revivify almost. So like he didn't use that much magic to make it happen. He had just died, but Oswin didn't have the ability to do it at the time. And so uh, he, he made a deal with a deity. <sighs> was that the level before he got revived or did he run out of spells i don't remember i don't remember either man because that's really cinematic if you go to revive your friend and you don't have you it just prepared, barely don't have enough magic just not enough juice to cast it that that would hurt my soul oh my well i mean i, I don't have a soul anymore well or yeah Osmond doesn't have a soul. yeah Osmond doesn't have a soul so oh gosh i mean good good times i think this was very it was very nice that you guys were able to uh to take it down, especially it being one beholder and it being like a, you know, there were some stakes there where, it, you know, one of you guys could have could have fallen in the void. No, that wouldn't happen. There's no way it couldn't. There, there was little chance of it because you guys have so many like flying skills and ways to get around it, but it was exciting nonetheless. So now I'm a, I'm a little confused here because you know we've done some good talking here without Zach. Right, you know, we we, we yeah, got by. You know, we we, <laughs> we we don't need him. You're out of the podcast, Zach. If you're listening, you're out of here. But if he's not here, right? How do we how do we take this out? How does that how does this happen? I think I got an idea. Thank you for listening to Table Talk Friday. This uh, has been Seth Pittman and Andrew Romano uh, by ourselves without Zachary Carvon. Um, 
But nonetheless, this was a great episode all about, you know, characters we're bringing up in our one-offs coming in the future and us kind of rehashing some things about our most recent sessions. A little a little less chaotic than our last duo episode, if I do say so myself. Uh, if you'd like to hear more Table Talk Friday stuff, you can find us over on TikTok, YouTube at Table Talk Friday, Twitter at Table Talk Friday. What we are not paying the $8 subscription to be verified. I will I will confirm that. Uh, <laughs> we, are, we are not doing that. You will not find us at the top. There is no blue check mark but a lot of influencers got their check marks taken away so we might be just as valid as them now heck yeah we're not um, paying take that elon yeah and with that oh yeah also find us on patreon.com slash table talk friday please i can't leave that one out uh you can get bonus content post shows that we're about to record here and plenty of more stuff if you check out our bevy of benefits over there and with that can i have slushy take me out uh yes this is slushy or should i call myself 5lu51 thank you for listening to this episode goodbye i'll see you in the next one goodbye does not compute